Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast, presented by STBB. A conversation dedicated to answering your legal questions and a platform where our team of specialist attorneys share their expert advice and legal know-how with South Africans. Welcome to STBB's Legally Speaking podcast and today we are going to be discussing who carries the risk relating to the property during a transfer process and we've invited our expert in the field Madeleine Williams to discuss with us what this topic actually entails and the risks to the seller and the buyer in a transfer process. Hi Madeleine, welcome. So let's kick the session off. Um, I, I know that this is a question that we get asked quite a lot and you know what are we speaking of when we say uh, the risk and the benefits of ownership passed to a purchaser on a transfer? Hi, Leonie. So this is an extremely important question and it plays a big role during our transfer process. So risk normally only passes on transfer. So within the context of the sale of immovable property, risk determines who must correct a defect or damage or attend to any repairs or replacement that happens after signing of the sale agreement, but for transfer. You will note that most sale agreements do make provision that risk only passes on transfer. And this makes sense. The owner is then liable for any repairs and replacements that might become necessary whilst transfer is pending. Similarly, benefits like rental income when it comes to an investment property will still accrue to the seller until the transfer registers. But of course, there are exceptions to the rules and that is where parties agree that risk pass earlier. This is not advisable. I think it's important for our listeners to understand what the term defect refers to. Would you be able to just break that down for us? Okay, so a defect basically entails any material aspect which a seller is aware of or should reasonably anticipate to be important in relation to a property transfer transaction. We have two definitions. First of all, a patent defects are obvious to the eye and buyers are expected by the courts to conduct a reasonable inspection of the property to identify these patent defects. Latent defects are not that obvious and even if a buyer would inspect the property, they would not necessarily be able to establish those defects. These are typically previous damp or water challenges, something like building plans are not in place or boundary lines that are not where they're supposed to be. Now, what it comes down to, it really affects your buyer's decision, either firstly, to buy the property, or secondly, the offer that they put in and the price that they are willing to buy the property at. Madeleine, you've spoken about uh, defects in a property, and now we know that properties aren't defect-free. So how does the passing of the risk affect the existing defects in a property? Defects which existed at the time when the sale agreement was signed are normally governed by the footstool's clause, and they also have to be listed in the mandatory property condition report. That is not the focus of the discussion, simply because if a seller lists any defects or he discloses this at the time of the conclusion of the sale agreement, the seller is obligated to list any defects that he or she is aware of. And if this is done, then there's no obligation on the seller to attend to any repairs or replacement in relation to those defects that existed at the time when the sale was entered into. 
We therefore need to distinguish between existing defects at the time of the conclusion of the sale and new defects that occur after the sale agreement was signed. I'm assuming then the property condition report that has become mandatory would play a bigger role then as it would have previously. Yes, it does. So what the Property Practitioners Act uh, requires is that the property practitioners enclose the defects list to the sale agreement. And if this is omitted, the property is deemed to be in good order without any defects. So you can see how this is really important that our property practitioners make sure those defect lists are attached to the sale agreements. So we have had quite a big discussion regarding defects to a property, existing defects and new defects to a property. But what is the situation if you have a scenario where there might be unexpected events, like for argument's sake, the natural floods that we had up in KZN a while ago? How would that affect the the risk passing to uh, the new owner? Liani, you're raising a very prominent issue. So we're seeing this a lot more, especially the fault fires in Cape Town. So this is really important. In such instance, we refer back to the common law principle of this Meyer, or alternatively referred to as force meyer. So literally translated, this means a superior act of God. Any natural disasters, war, hostilities, riot, uh, it also includes natural catastrophe and even COVID-19. So what this Meyer basically entails is that if an unforeseen event happens and performance of the contractual obligations become impossible, then the parties are excused of performing in terms of a contract. So within our context, if we deal with the sale of a property and the property is destroyed, we really need to fall back onto our risk clause, which should dictate that risk remains with the seller until transfer passes. Most sale agreements do not deal with this Meyer. You will note that this is, however, a very prominent clause in lease agreements, which in detail deals with what happens if the property is destroyed partially or fully and what are the obligations on the parties in such instances. Now, Madeleine, immediately when you mentioned risk, disaster, floods, and we're speaking about uh, defects and things like that, my thought process immediately goes to building insurance and you know where does that fit in with the whole agreement and the sale agreement between Mr. Seller and Mr. Buyer and whose responsibility it is. Maintaining building insurance pending transfer remains extremely important. This will ensure that should damages occur prior to transfer, the seller would be in a position to restore the premises to its prior condition. You can imagine if mid-transfer property burns down or is destroyed, the seller is in the position that the seller will not be able to deliver a property which the buyer purchased. And the property cannot be restored and the transaction will likely have to be cancelled. So yes, maintaining good and proper insurance remains extremely important and that duty rests squarely on the seller's That's always good to know. And I think a a very important question that sellers always have when selling their property and trying to cut down on those costs just before maybe purchasing another property. So I think just from our point of view, you know, in recent, in light of recent events, 
COVID really hit the world on quite a big scale. And this was the first time that the whole world was exposed to such a pandemic, as I might say, in the new age. So how does the case law um, fit in with this pandemic and sale agreements and defects um, like we spoke about? So, Liani, very interestingly enough, we didn't really have any case law on this point until the Freestone property investment case was decided in 2021. So this was a very interesting case. It related to retail premises. And of course, due to lockdown, the retailer wasn't able to function. They weren't able to trade. And as such, they couldn't afford their rental anymore. The court found that performance in the form of the payment of rental should only be suspended for the period of hard lockdown. And this makes a lot of sense. So what the court decided was it was only during the hard lockdown period that the retailer couldn't trade and as such pay their rental. And they were only excused for the period of hard lockdown. And what the court found is that economic hardship is not an excuse to be excused from your contractual obligation. And they were forced to pay rental for the remaining period despite the strict lockdown regulations as the court simply found that they were still able to do business albeit not on the same level. Thank you so much for today and clarifying uh, defects and the effect that it has on passing of risk in a property transfer. So Madeleine, if you could leave our listeners with your tips for today, what would that be? So my first tip would be check your contract. Make sure you are aware of what the risk provisions entail and what your obligations are. Secondly, have a look at the property condition report. And if you're unsure of whether you should list a defect or not, I would rather suggest list the defect because you do not want a situation where you requested to attend to a repair or replacement of a pre-existing defect. And then my third tip is that homeowners or sellers really need to have a look at their insurance policies and make sure that they are covered for any disaster or any potential damages that could arise. Thank you so much for your time today. Legally speaking, this podcast has come to an end. Thanks for joining the conversation. And if you like what you're hearing, visit us at stbb.co.za for more info.